श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गौर भक्तबंद की जाय गौर प्रेम आनंदे गुड इवनिंग एवरीवन वेलकम नाइस टू बी हियर ऑल ऑफ यू सो वी आर फॉर्चूनेट टू बी हियर एक्चुअली फॉर अ कपल ऑफ डेज एंड सो hope to see you again after tonight i guess we'll be speaking tomorrow and sunday sometime in the afternoon or evening i want to speak a little bit uh, this evening from the bhagavad gita you're all familiar with bhagavad gita right uh huh you sure <laughs> it's an ongoing students forever on this course so um i'm going to speak from the 17th chapter where the subject is faith and there's a defining verse and then we'll speak about the nature of faith we have been speaking previous evenings in the west western north carolina where we have our community there saragrahi about bhava bhava is is really the uh, the goal of spiritual practice um bhakti in practice uh leads to bhakti in ecstasy or bhava so we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum bhava is a ray of the sun of prem so it it is a form of perfection in in the uh, in progress perfection not far away like the dawn before you can see the sun still the light shows uh, itself and the darkness is gone <clears throat> but as i say that is the one end of the spectrum bhava and prem and the other end is shraddha or faith so we'll be beginners beginners course tonight and for that uh to give some some starting point we'll refer to as i say the gita 17th chapter is about about faith and krishna defines faith here he says satvanurupa sarvasyashraddha babati bharata shraddha mayo yam purusha yo yachchatha saiva saha now i want to explain the difference between what he's describing here and uh and perhaps a more general idea about faith in the world uh today that's popular hmm? faith uh before i do faith say that speak about that faith is of course uh in our tradition as i mentioned the beginning in other words eligibility to tread the path of bhakti requires requisite faith and nothing else it's different than other transcendental paths which also require some kind of faith but something else as well in bhakti only faith and so the question is what is that faith are there different kinds of faith and so what is the faith that uh, gives one eligibility to tread the path of bhakti so um 
what Krishna is explaining here in the Gita about faith is somewhere in the mix of the discussion about faith in the higher side and faith as it's sometimes thought of today on the lower side if uh, um, at, at best. In other words, I'm going to start with the popular uh, idea that faith is some type of departure from from reasoning hmm? and um, some excuse for uh, uh, for not being rational hmm? and thinking that one knows nonetheless um, kind of a uh, uh, something that gives support to superstition and uh, religious uh, dogma in the face of reasoning and even uh, uh, observable evidence that may uh, contradict it. So this is becoming a more popular idea of faith amongst educated people. It's not a very becoming uh, definition or explanation, if you will. Hmm? an excuse for being um, irrational and unreasonable and the clinging to the superstitions uh, of times gone by and uh, religious dogma that is unhealthy. And here we are to broadcast that our path requires only faith. So it's a task to kind of <laughs> to get that idea uh, across and appreciated. Hmm? So uh, we think of it obviously um, quite uh, differently, and it's defined differently as well in in Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? So that said, there is that kind of faith, if you will. So we're talking about something that that we do uh, have readily experience of, a shadow, perhaps, if you will, from our perspective of, uh, of faith, that, again, is just a way of clinging to some superstitious ideas and, uh, and being an unreasonable world is, uh, is threatened by this kind of faith in form of religious uh, fundamentalism that uh, leads even to uh, violence and um, and in extreme measures. Hmm? Uh, so what is being thought of by some people as, as faith, uh, there is an example of that, but we look at it as a shadow, perhaps a semblance only, um, and uh, and because, in one sense, hmm, reason and faith are not these two sides, hmm, opposing sides. Hmm. If there is faith that departs from reason in an unhealthy way, hmm, a kind of blind faith, then there must be kind of seeing faith that is uh, supported by reason. Hmm? 
Um, again, it's hard to, uh, to make the case when the, the unreasonable faith speaks so loudly and, and intimidates the civilized, uh, threatens the civilized world as it's thought and, and so forth. <clears throat> but we turn uh, perhaps then uh, to the Gita. This is, a, is certainly not a book of religious uh, fundamentalism, although it could be used in that way and is, um, as other sacred texts are. But there is considerable difference at the same time between the Gita and uh, and similar texts of the of the East that are about the experiential spirituality. After all, the Gita does conclude um, with a point that is worth underscoring. It uh, tells us that in order to follow, Krishna tells Arjuna, what I'm talking about, you have to give up religion. So that's a strong point. Sarvadharman paritya mami come. You have to give up religion hmm, to be spiritual. This sounds sounds good to some people, I suppose. To give up religion part, anyway, <laughs> sounds good to some people. Hmm. So, as I often say, there's a difference between essential, experiential, experiential spirituality and a religious orientation to a particular text. In fact, the Gita starts out with a religious orientation. And Arjuna uh, seeks to, welcome, seeks to forego the task at hand um, on the basis of religious orientation to life, dharma. And he gives many reasons why he shouldn't uh, enter into the fight, which is really a, a battle against one's ego, which is preserved hmm, in a religious orientation to life. Hmm. Hmm. It, it's, not, it's not threatened at all. It's massaged and encouraged and, uh, um, and kind of baited, if you will, with a carrot of prospect hmm, that it could endure, and happily so. Hmm. But by contrast, experiential spiritual life in any particular tradition, as I speak of it, is ego effacing from the onset. Hmm? So this is then the distinction between a religious orientation that preserves the ego hmm? and a spiritual orientation that effaces it and hopefully more, at least this is the case in the bhakti tradition, to efface the material ego, that is best done if one has a spiritual ego to do it with. Hmm. I don't know how you would do it otherwise. <laughs> so, uh, so the Gita is a good place to, 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 to look and to uh, su- suggest that a more robust, healthy um, idea, conception of faith can be found than one that simply constitutes a departure from reason and again seeks to support uh, superstition, religious dogma, and to, as, and as I'm saying, to, to promote 
a selfish sense of being. That's what I mean by the ego, a selfish, self-centered sense of being. Even in the broadest sense of the term, one could be um, selfish, obviously, in different measures. And um, philanthropic uh, and altruistic um, preoccupations would be on the high end of selfishness that are thought in this world to be absolutely, perhaps, or often uh, the the full face of selflessness. We don't um, agree with that, but on the other end of the spectrum, of course, there's very narrow-minded, self-centered people who are obviously such. Hmm? So to move beyond self-centeredness means to move beyond the sense of ego that is identified um, or derived from identification with with matter, hmm? a sense of self that is fleeting, and uh, and um, while we may make arrangements by which it can be perpetuated for some time, it uh, it cannot endure. This is a good point that the Gita makes twice. Hmm? Um, in relation to the abode of Krishna. Napunarjanma, what did you say? He says, Abrahma Bhuvana Loka Puna Varjana, Bhuva Arjana, Mamu Petita Kuntaya, Punarjanma Nabidyate. What is that? He says, uh, twice anyway, uh, there, uh, he says also another place that going there, hmm, he says it in two different ways. One will never return. Hmm? I've heard some people think, well, this speaks about those who who never been there, who go there, hmm? or who, I guess, they were there once, they think, and now they're going back the second time, <laughs> and they'll never come back again. Because it says, they're going there, going there, one never comes back. Yadgatvananivartante, hmm? Going there to my abode, one never comes back. What does it mean? Hmm? Well, it means going there. That means you have to be somewhere else and then go there. And having done that, you don't come back. You speak English, right? Hmm? That's what it says. (laughs) That's why... (laughs) We need more than English or any particular uh, language to understand the text. We need good association. We need somebody from there hmm, to tell us what is the nature of the place and why it is that going there one never returns. Why? Krishna hmm, says that Yes, in the 15th, I believe, 15th chapter. Because the nature of the place is that it's luminous. It requires, he says it in a, in a, in a poetic way, it requires no sun. Hmm. My dham, uh, it requires no moon, no fire. Prabhupada gave a contemporary, no electricity hmm. uh, explanation. Hmm. Because it is self-luminous. Indeed, the word dham which means abode, also means light. Hmm? 
luminous, a luminous place, means there's no darkness there. Darkness is uh, ignorance. So where there's light, there's no darkness. Where there's knowledge, there's no ignorance. So the reason that going there, one never returns, is because of the nature of the place itself, hmm? that it's self-luminous. Hmm? It is It is both... Um, it is it is animated hmm, by a particular potency of Krishna. Just like this world is animated by a particular potency we call the Maya Shakti. Hmm, the illusory potency of Krishna is animating hmm, the world in, in a sense complete, continually offering a, different, a carrot, a prospect. Hmm, just Add a little more, a little more acquisition and your life will be complete. If you can't do it on this planet, go to another one. Go to the heavens, the celestial world. And, and you live there for a number that you can't, you know, put on your calculator. And so it might as well be forever. But any number other than infinity falls short of... of, of uh, uh, what we really pursue hmm? enduring eternal existence so the place he says the nature of the place is such hmm? that there's no darkness there earlier in the Gita when he says the same thing going to my place one doesn't return he speaks of it in comparison to other realms upon which going one will return hmm? the highest realm within material existence, the realm of intellect. Hmm. It's thought, from the point of view of the Sankhya, that these things, senses, are a dimension. Hmm? Mind is a dimension. It's a very different way of thinking about matter. Intelligence is a dimension. We need a different explanation of matter, by the way. Hmm? The present one is not working, even for the, uh, the, I mean, the scientific community. Many will, thoughtful persons will acknowledge and admit it's not working. Chomsky, who is, uh, Noam Chomsky is thought to be the, the greatest intellectual of our time, said it in a nice way that, that some years back, quite a few years back, uh, there was a book by a fellow called Gilbert Ryle. Gilbert Ryle. And uh, I forget the name of the book, but kind of the subtitle of the book was The Ghost in the Machine, which is a phrase that he used to speak, you're familiar with it perhaps, to speak about um, Descartes' notion that there was a different substance called a subjective substance that was ontologically different than the um, objective substance, the physical. Hmm? There was the physical, and then there was, which is the objective, if you will, and the way I'm explaining it, and then there's the subjective, which he thought of as the mind, and these two are different ontologically. Hmm? And so that made for some type of a soul. The Vedanta idea is similar, although it distinguishes mind from Atma, from consciousness. 
Therefore, consciousness is not just perception, which even a light can do. Right? Some lights, you know, those lights when you walk up and they go on. <laughs> so, just the fact that you can perceive something doesn't make you different than some lights. <laughs> so, there's more to being than perceiving. It's the it's the power of illumination, grasping, apprehending, knowing, being, existing, in an experiential sense. This is the nature of self, of consciousness. Uh, so we have a kind of a category dualism, difference between different categories of matter, matter and phys- mental matter and physical matter. And then from there we have a, have, a, have a substance dualism, a difference between the two categories of matter and consciousness itself. Hmm? But how the subjective influences the objective, this is a big bewilderment for people, but uh, in the scientific and philosophical, analytical, that is, philosophical community, welcome. Hmm? But Chomsky, anyway, he made a nice point, uh, and he said that, that Ryle was thought, with his book, to have exorcised the ghost of the soul from the machine of matter. In the world of classical physics, the, the world is a machine. Hmm? And it's just going on and everything's predictable and you could predict everything that's going to happen with, with math. Hmm? And so there's no room for any, any kind of wild or volition, uh, any kind of freedom, hmm? uh, uncertainty, everything predictable and and uh, and boring, um, but that idea was very fruitful in terms of accomplishing uh, things that tried to make life less boring <laughs> and more meaningful hmm? um, by way of leading us to believe that life within our uh, ego sense of self could perhaps be enduring. Could, somebody sent me, it was just a uh, really certainly a link. I didn't get to read it yet, but thank you for sending me about how there's a group of super wealthy people who are investing heavily in what prolonging uh, the uh, or stopping the aging process and living forever. How what a miserable idea in terms of the the, the selfish ego. <laughs> We want to get rid of those kind of people, of which we are one. So we got, and the Bhagavad Gita, again, is the declaration of, of war on that selfishness, which can only really be done away with if we rise above the sense of necessity that identification with matter um, uh, uh, imposes upon us. We have to take, if we're identified with something that's Diminishing, so to invest in how to take from the environment in such a way as to preserve that ego. This is very des- desperate, desperate attempt to be what you are without any knowledge of how to be it. Hmm? That you do exist forever, and you don't have to try. Hmm? Such a not such a not much a nice idea, of course. You do have to try. <laughs> There is spiritual practice. It's a great challenge, though. So. Hmm. Um, 
and well-reasoned. So anyway, Chomsky said what? That he said this idea that the world is a machine, this mechanistic worldview, it's, it's, it's fallen apart if you study the history of science. And therefore, what's been exorcised is not what Ryle thought and others who read his book, and it was a popular book in its time and, and for some time, not that the ghost in the machine has been exorcised, not that the soul in this silly, superstitious idea of religious dogma of a soul uh, has been done away with, but said the machine has been exorcised. Hmm? Matter's not a machine. So how we reduce consciousness to matter if you don't even know what matter is? So it's a problem. Hmm? Not so much for us, but for those who've been trying uh, to do so. So, so we, we do need a different idea of matter. The Bhagavatam has a different idea of matter. Its basic idea of matter is that it's something that you can transcend. Hmm? And it doesn't matter that much. Hmm? It only matters because of you. Hmm? And you should matter about yourself more than about matter and about matter just enough to rise above its influence, which is uh, to experience the fullness of what you are by nature. Hmm? And if you do that in the context of bhakti, what you can be by nurture as well. Hmm? So we are, <laughs> we have a nature as an atma, and its nature is such that it can, it, it lends to nurture. Hmm? And if we get the right nurture rather than the malnutrition of the maya shakti, it's, is nurturing ourself in such a way that a personality comes out that's false. But the bhakti environment, nurture, is, is such that when in touch with our nature, as a result of that nurture, a personality comes out that is enduring, that's real, hmm? that has some part to play in the eternal drama of Radha and Govinda. Hmm? A very intriguing um, idea, a very, very friendly idea also of the self. Hmm? An idea of the self that's very much tied to our own everyday experience of the self. Hmm? There are many different uh, ideas in the Eastern schools, for example, where this basic idea of, of effacing the ego is, is prominent hmm? and some type of enduring non-material existence is promoted, but many of them are very abstract in what they describe the nature of the self to be, some of which describe that there is no individual self, there is only one self, or that there's no self, for example, in some prom in the prominent, uh, dominant forms of, of Buddhism. Hmm? These are very abstract ideas. Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga is a very abstract idea of the self as well that's very different from our everyday experience of what the self must be like. Hmm? It's very different. It's a witness. That's all. It, does, it has no capacity to do, to act. 
Hmm? I mean, action, volition is action, so it has no will. This is very contrary to how we experience ourselves materially. We experience ourselves as doers, agents of action, who have will, in other words. Hmm? By our will, we have some influence and, uh, and we have a capacity to grasp or apprehend and to experience um, uh, to, exp- to, be the, to be a qualitative experiencer, to experience red, blue, happiness, sad, all subjective qualia experiences. Hmm? The, the, the Gaudiya notion of the self is that that's exactly what you are. Hmm? But you're experiencing that those aspects of yourself, that you are a doer, that you have volition, that is, a unit of will, that you have the capacity to, to be an apprehender, to be an, a bhokritva, kartritva, knatritva, a knower, a doer, an enjoyer. And an enjoyer means a sufferer, when the enjoyer is in relation to matter because it invariably turns into suffering because you, even if you like the things you acquire, then you can't keep them. Hmm. So it becomes problematic. So bhoktutva means enjoyer, but it means sufferer also. Hmm. So we are an enjoyer and a sufferer. We are a doer. We are a knower. This is how we experience ourselves. Hmm. I'm saying that Buddhism has a different idea of the self. You're not any of those things. Hmm. In Advaita Vedanta, you're not, a, you're not a doer, you're not a knower, and you're not an experiencer. And you're not an individual. Hmm? In, in, in yoga, you're a witness with no will, uh, no, no agency. These are maybe interesting ideas, but my point only is that they're very different from how we experience ourselves at present. The Gaudi idea is how you experience yourself, that's how you are. Hmm? You only experience it in relation to a particular environment. Hmm? So, without and without an environment, material or spiritual, you can't really be a doer. You can't really be an experiencer. You can't really be a knower. There's nothing to know. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to experience. The environment provides all these things and an opportunity for differentiation. We're all the same, but we're all different also. We're all the same. We're all a monad of consciousness that all have the, exactly the same potential and the same nature. Hmm? But the environment which we put ourselves in determines differences about ourselves. Karnam guna samgaso, sarasad yoni janmasu. This is very relevant to the description of faith here in the Gita. Hmm? I'll get to that. Hmm? Hopefully. So the point here, though, as an aside, is just that the sense of self that's described in Gaudiya Vedanta is very much is very much like you experience yourself. I mean, you think it should be your enlightened sense of self shouldn't be that much different. Well, it's really very different. You're a giver instead of a taker, hmm? but a giver and a taker have the same nature, the same qualities that enable them to be one or the other. Hmm? To be one or the other, to be a taker or to be a giver, you have to have will and so on. You have to 
be a, be a qualitative experiencer and an apprehender and so on and so forth. So it's a very um, very kind of down-to-earth idea, if you will, of, of the self. I've often said the Gaudiya Vedantas that don't, the building is fine, just you have to change the foundation. Well, that all. I mean, you don't have to start over, but you do have to jack up the, uh, the present you know, building and take out the old foundation and put the new one in. So there is a little bit of heart surgery, but if you will, but uh, difficult in that sense. But the framework, hmm? framework is there. Hmm? So self, hmm? in the Gita here, this faith, as I said, it, it corresponds with with this tangent I'm on here in, in the course of our discussion and that it says that there are different kinds of faith. Hmm? There are different kinds of faith and that a person, shraddha yam, shraddha mayo yam purusho, here it is said, a person is their faith. Hmm? They take a shape of their faith. Hmm? They take a form. Somebody told me, I, I like Gaudiya but the idea that you have to attain two, you, you will attain two spiritual bodies, one in the Gaur Leela and one in Krishna Leela, I think he said, that's a little hard for me to like believe in. Hmm? I said, well, you had a lot of other bodies. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> You've had many bodies. Hmm? That's on the low end, right? Hmm? Hmm? So, if you change the environment from Maya Shakti to Krishna's Sarup Shakti, which is Bhakti, hmm, then why not a couple of bodies? Hmm? And why not more? Because those two are eternal and they cover the, the whole range of the desirable ideal, the Dham, if you will, of of Krishna, going to which, as we're saying, one never returns. Krishna explains it. Why you never return? Hmm? He said, Abramabhuvanaloka, even from Brahmalok, the intellectual plane, hmm? as I'm saying, matter is described differently in the Bhagavatam. In the overarching sense, it's described as that which is not what you think it is. Hmm? It's changing, constantly in flux and transformation. You can't kind of get your a grip on it. So trop, stop trying. It's here today, all its manifestations, and gone tomorrow. Hmm? You are what, that which endures. Turn to yourself. Hmm? This is the overarching information we get about maya. It doesn't go into detail. What is a cork and a string and a proton and a whatever, neutron and uh, uh, and so on and so forth. And and try to make more out of it than what might be there. Hmm? doesn't do that. His overarching explanation is maya means to measure, and you cannot, and that's the whole problem, trying to measure, trying to bring everything within the fist of your intellect. Hmm? Faith is abandoned in the modern world by some in the place of reason, but reason, <laughs> reason is nowhere. Reason is nowhere. Reason unto itself is nowhere. It takes us nowhere. Reason leads us to a certain conviction. That's another thing. By reason we may arrive at a certain conviction. Hmm? 
and a commitment hmm? and action. This is all about faith, you see. Faith is about commitment, conviction, and action. Hmm? We have to get to that. But hmm? maya, matter, we said we need a different kind of matter. The modern world is struggling now, and so this matter's not working. It's not a clock. Hmm? Oh, gonna, there's an observer that's a problem, and how to fit him in, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? And again, in an overarching sense, Bhagavatam says, you know, don't get into it, and in, you don't have to get into it in detail. It's not what it appears to be, and let's talk about it in ways, and think about it in ways that inspire spiritual practice, that we may transcend matter. But there's also a description of matter hmm, in the Bhagavatam from the Sankhya perspective, which was a current intellectual kind of thought of the time and a separate philosophy from the Bhagavad. Hmm? Philosophy about the, that includes a certain description of matter that is imported into the Gita. It's imported into the Bhagavatam in a theistic version of it, and it describes matter very differently. Like I said, it describes senses as a dimension, mind as a dimension, intellect as a dimension. So we say, Abrahmuvanaloka, when Krishna says, even from the planet of Brahma, one comes down and says, where's the planet of Brahma? We didn't see that on, you know, in the, you know, we've been looking out there with the Hubble telescope for some time and we haven't seen the Brahmaloka yet. Uh, so uh, we might, we think there might be an ocean in, in, underneath Jupiter and maybe there's some light but they're not little green men hmm? they're microbes and we are still in the center hmm? we're always worried about aliens coming well the aliens we are the aliens get ready we're coming and we're going to use you microbes as we like for our purposes we're going to beam you up and take you to our planet hmm? and use you for our purposes so much afraid of the aliens. We are the aliens. We should be afraid of ourselves. <laughs> like they say, we found the enemy and it's us. Problem. <laughs> so where's the Brahma Lok? So you see, you have to read these books in a different way. You have to understand the context and so forth. It's talking about a dimension called intellect. Now, I'm not here to explain all that. And I don't have... It's not my uh, expertise, but I know something about it. A different description of matter altogether. And matter is meant only for the purpose of consciousness, to facilitate it in certain ways. It's a very different idea. You have sight, which is an aspect of senses, and therefore color, but not redness. Redness is in... Is in, is in is, is, in the gross matter, hmm? and sight brings it out. I mean, it's, it's a very complex idea, the, the, the Sankhya idea. Some type, of, some type of meaning, which is relative to consciousness, is embedded in matter, is the idea. Where you hear the description in the Bhagavatam, for example, of matter and the senses and sense objects, smell, taste, sound, these are all parts of matter. In the modern world, they're not thought to be matter at all. Matter has primary properties like depth, with velocity, uh, charge, all quantitative values. 
the, the subjective values like smell, taste, they don't really exist. It's thought. They're all in your mind, and the mind's really only a brain, but how does a brain then that doesn't have subjective qualities because matter doesn't have those primarily, where, where are they arising then? You understand that this is the problem, problem they, they face. We say the primary qualities of matter are only quantitative. Hmm? The qualitative values that we come up with, they're only just kind of transposed by us on matter. They don't really exist. Apples don't, aren't really red. Hmm? They don't really taste sweet. Hmm? All these are subjective feelings hmm, that come from the mind, which is only the brain, which now, what? How can the mind only be the brain if the brain now has subjective qualities? Because it's physical. What you said weren't part of the primary qualities of matter. So this is a kind of, <laughs> these kind of problems. They have ways they try to answer that. So couldn't we have a way also. Hmm? It's reasonable, is the point. Hmm? The Bhagavatam makes a very reasonable presentation. If you hear from sadhus, you'll find oh, it's very reasonable. Hmm? Well, faith is not a departure from reason. Hmm? Hmm? Faith is... It, it, reason is integral to faith, actually. Hmm? So then again, of course, we're beginning with this. There is a modern phenomenon of, that, that is widely thought to be uh, the sum and substance of faith that is only a semblance of it, and it's unreasonable. Hmm? And it's, it's, it supports superstition and foolish readings of the text, like it means going there, you have to be here. And if you're, if you're already there, and you haven't come here, you haven't gone there, so therefore you can fall down from there. Hmm? But if you've been here and you go there, then you can't come back. But those who are there and are never here, never went there, it's just like, you know, they must fall down. So we must have all fallen down from a world where there's no darkness somehow <laughs> departed from the light. So this is not what the text is saying. People interpret. Let's just give an example of how these things can be misconstrued considerably. And then you end up with this kind of religious dogma and, uh, and uh, it's a departure from, from reason. But no, the Gita here gives another idea. It says what? Satvanurupa sarvasya, shraddha bhavati bharata. He says that, that this shraddha, faith, it's satvarupa. So it's of the dimension of mind. I said there are different dimensions of matter as it's thought. So where is the Brahmaloka? It's a dimension of intellect. So you don't, you don't go there by a spaceship. You, know, you don't go there by a rocket. You don't see that with a telescope. Can you see intelligence? Can you see your, your mind? Hmm? They can't see it, and therefore they think it must not be there. Hmm? They see things in the brain, so they think that mind must just be the brain, and so on and so forth. So... No, the, the, there's a very different perspective on matter, and it's, and it's it's the way we have, I mean, some of us don't even think about it at all, of course. I don't, it might think, seem like it, but I don't think about it that much either, but, but 
for making explanations, it's a little useful to gather a little information about how people are thinking about things in comparison to our text. So these, for the point I'm making here in one sense is that the, the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam, are not at odds with reason or observation. Hmm? But if we don't understand them in context, which can only be understood by hearing them from persons who are living within them, really. Hmm? Hmm? Then it may appear as such, and our faith may be stunted hmm? also for proceeding. And faith is the way of proceeding, of going forward. As I say, reason is not the way to go forward. Reason it reaches a point where conviction kicks in. Hmm? Reason unto itself, of course, doesn't arrive at a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a kind of a conviction that results in being perfectly happy. Hmm? Hmm. It's, it's the action that follows the conviction, a particular type of conviction, that results in, 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 a, in, in a comprehensive knowing in as much as comprehensive knowing is being fulfilled. That's why we say sometimes that, well, at least he believes in something. So the Gita is saying here, because the, the faith is sattvanurupa, it's, it's of the quality of the mind. Mind is, according to the Sankhya philosophy, mind is ahankar, which means false ego, in conjunction with sattvaguna. The dimension of mind arises in the unfolding of matter, as it's described in the Bhagavatam. So mind is a part of the subtle matter, as I said, there's mental matter, psychic matter, and physical matter. Hmm? So this mind hmm, is, um, is said to be sattvic, and Krishna has identified faith here with this aspect of the antakarna, the internal organ, the subtle, subtle matter, and mind. And he's saying here that it is, by its nature, sattvic. Sattvic means virtuous. Faith is virtuous, he's saying. It's a virtuous thing. Hmm? It's, it's luminous. Hmm? Sattva. It's, it, 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 sattva is uh, also a way of saying intelligibility, by which a thing makes itself known. It can be known. Hmm? This is a quality, again, drawing on the Sankhya philosophy, but uh, uh, that uh, sattva means intelligibility. Hmm? Hmm? So luminosity, faith, I often say, animates our life. Krishna says it here. You are your faith. You are what you, and what your faith is, is what you do, how you act, how you conduct yourself. In other words, from the Latin credo, I think it's codare. Hmm? It means belief means the giving of one's heart, commitment. You see, it, it's active. Reason is not active. Hmm? Reason is to sit back and examine, sit on the fence and think about it. Scratch your head. Hmm? Think about it. What is an apple? Hmm. I think it might taste good. All things said. I've seen cows eat them. I'm sitting on the fence. They seem to like them. They have a tongue. I have a tongue. Hmm. It looks like 
it, it made my taste good. I now have reasoned that out, and I have a conviction, so what am I going to do? I'm going to jump off the fence and pick up the apple and know it. Like I could not, hmm? by sitting on the fence. Huh? So this, uh, you cannot apprehend a thing comprehensively by reason. Therefore, the sutras say, tarko opratishtanat. Hmm? By reasoning you, unto, unto itself, you never get anywhere. But one reasoning can be supplanted with it by another one. And, uh, and you know, you hear the debates on modern issues and, you know, of course, you have a certain psychologist who you side for one, but then, you know, the arguments are good on, on either side. The mind, the intellect, very sub, subtle, uh, supple, and you can make anything, you know, sound, sound reasonable given enough time. Hmm? Uh, so, when we hear the Gita speaking about faith, it's speaking about something that is beyond reason but is but also it is it is um, it is uh, uh, reason is an aspect of it I want to say hmm? an aspect of it and where reason is not an aspect of it then you have the shadow of faith that we talked about earlier that's a popular misconception about all that faith is and should be done away with and, and so forth hmm? so if we're left to reason so even those who say such they are not, the point is, without faith. Those who say, faith is a departure from reason, it's used to support superstition and religious dogma, it's problematic, it should be done away with. Hmm? They're advocates now of a faith, right? They have a well-reasoned, or not so well-reasoned, but a reasoned conviction that gets them out there, you know, like... Richard Dawkins was he he started has a foundation and I heard that they were uh raising funds and putting like signs on the back of buses you know you don't have to believe in god or something like that you know so that they, you know they're active they have a they have a conviction hmm? Hmm? and a commitment hmm? and so they have a faith so so faith is is, is not unreasonable, and without faith coming out of your reasoning, then you just, there you are, you're frozen. Hmm? Therefore, people say, well, at least he believed in something. In other words, and he never believed in anything, so he never did anything. He always thought this, but maybe that will happen. But if I go out there, then what will happen? If I call her, that, but then this, and then this, oh, no, no, there I am, I'm stuck in my house. In Asheville, I know a person like that. Stuck in my house. Can't go out. Hmm? Hmm? Too much thinking. Hmm? Hmm? Problem. Hmm? So, no. If there is blind faith, then there must be a kind of a seeing faith. If there's unreasonable faith, there must be a reasonable type of faith as well. Hmm? And so, here, while Krishna says that faith in an overarching sense is sattvic, hmm? and luminous and virtuous thereby. In the way I'm saying, well, at least he believed in something. People say it's virtuous, even if it was the wrong thing. At least, well, he believed in it, did what he believed in. <laughs> yeah, it could be a problem, but still, in a, in a higher, you know, broader sense, the, the virtue of it is, is seen. However, of course, 
what one believes in may not be the most virtuous thing. So while faith in, in a broader sense is virtuous, in a narrower sense, as it manifests, Krishna says, it does so in accordance with the influence of the gunas, which influence the mind. Hmm? While mind stuff as a dimension is sattvic, the individual state of one's mind may be rajasic, tamasic, or sattvic. Hmm? And there's a fourth possibility. We want to get to that. Hmm? Um, but here, Krishna's dealing with only these three possibilities. He says, though there's faith of the rajasic, of the atamasic type, the rajasic type, and the sattvic type. So the faith of the tamasic type is obviously destructive and counterproductive. Hmm? Uh, so one has faith and conviction in something that's, that's, you know, that's, that's problematic hmm? uh, for oneself and for others. Rajasic faith is a kind of faith that, uh, that there's faith in material improvement. Hmm? That I can improve the material situation and, and, and we can to some extent, but not to the extent that the self is actually speaking about to us the possibility of living forever, perfectly happy, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, so politics is a good example of, of, of Rajagun, the, the attempt to make it improve the situation materially. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily, but it's, it's a Rajasic type of, of faith and type of, type of uh, commitment and so forth. And then there's sattvic faith. In the Bhagavatam, now, Bhagavatam I have likened to the sequel of the Gita. People go, what? Bhagavatam is the sequel of the Gita? I mean, what are you talking about? You know, you look at it academically, or, but I'm saying theologically, really, it is the sequel to the Gita. What the Gita is talking about is bhakti. And it brings us to the door of bhakti. And it says the door is faith. Hmm? And that's not the kind of faith that's being described here in the 17th chapter. Hmm? That's the kind of faith that Krishna's trying to bring Arjun to. Hmm? That is faith in bhakti, which in the sequel, the Bhagavatam, this is just one example of how it's the sequel, Krishna says there is tamasic faith, hmm? there's rajasic faith, there's sattvic faith, Sattvic faith is, he says, faith in the Atma. Again, sattva is luminous, so it, it sheds light on the fact or the idea that there is an Atma and there is matter. Hmm? A clear idea. So, you're, so what will, what with that kind of faith, what will one do? One will pursue the Atma. If your faith is in material progress, then that's what you'll pursue. And if you're a good person, you'll do it in a good way and try to be as good as you can and generous and, you know, help the poor and vote for the right person. Get out there and join the campaign and make it better and out there and faith is in the tamagoon. Just sit back and pipe dream. Hmm? That's all. Hmm. That's a great shame. Hmm. Self-destructive, as I say. So, but Krishna says, there's Thomasic faith, Rajasic faith, 
sattvic faith, faith in atma, and then there is faith in me, and that is nirguna. So we talked about the gunas, now it is nirguna. Beyond the gunas, hmm? transcendent life, faith in me, this is transcendental. And this is the kind of faith that Krishna wants to bring Arjuna to in the Gita. And the Gita closes with this. He says, Sarva dharman pritya-jamam ekam saranam brajita. As I said, in the beginning it began with dharma. Arjuna saying, for dharma's sake, my God, what could be more noble to dutifully do the right thing in any instance? To, to be the best person in the world you could be. The best person in the world you could be. Hmm? Krishna says, who cares about the best person in the world? Hmm? That person has no interest in me. <laughs> Why should I care about him? Hmm? The best person... So there's a shocking idea. Arjun fights the idea of ego effacement at first. He wants to be religious. In the second chapter, after Krishna gives his first like volley of... like. Think about it. You're a fool. You're not even human, and you want to tell me, you know, the best thing to do is be the perfect human. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, you're not a human. You're, you're an atma. Krishna's very radical there. You know what he says? Mm -hmm. When he concludes that section on Sankhya, on the nature of the atma, he says, anyway, you're right about your arguments about Dharma, more or less. Hmm? There will be problems if the war pursues. Hmm? But if killing all the people would save your soul, then no sin would be incurred. He makes this radical statement. If you could be the most immoral person, and, and, and as a re I mean, it's just theoretical, but, and as a result, you could realize your atma, then that would be the, most, the best thing you could do. He wants to make a strong point. And you could be the the, the biggest per, dharmic person, hmm? and you're, you're and, and, and 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 as they say in the Bible, you could gain the whole world. You could be a Brahma, but lose your soul. Then, then what? Look at the sixth chapter of the Gita. So nice, where Arjuna says, "You know, this has been a great argument so far. You said a lot of good things, but I'm a little nervous, like because the path of yoga, after Krishna talks about the Atma." Then he says, now we've thought about the Atma, Sankhya. Now let's do something about realizing it. That's called yoga. Second half of the second chapter. Let's do yoga now. Hmm? Do bhakti, he says. And if you can't do that, he says, well, then we do nishkam karma yoga. Hmm? But here yoga is active. Hmm? Not just thinking, but doing... Hmm? He goes through all this and it comes to the end of the sixth chapter and Arjuna says, you know, there's all this stuff about yoga that you're talking about an experiential spiritual life. It's attractive, but, it, but it's a challenge. And what if I'm not successful? I will have foregone the path of dharma and I'll be culpable there for not having done my dharmic duties and responsibilities. And if I fail on the path of yoga, which is... Not so easy, what you're talking about. You got, it says you've got to control the mind. And I think, well, the mind is like the wind. How will I control the wind? Krishna says, yeah, you're right. 
He doesn't say, no, it's easy to control the mind. He says, yeah, you're right. Says, but it is possible. He said, it is possible, but practice and foregoing certain thoughts, detachment, it's possible. Now, if it's possible, what greater thing would there be to do than to accomplish that? Hmm? To control your mind, which would mean that your senses were perfectly controlled. I mean, what is there a better ideal? This is the whole problem. To the extent to which our minds and senses are not controlled, we're thought to be, you know, a, 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 well, uh, imperfect as all humans are. We're we're better, we're thought, or more advanced than other species of life because we have some capacity to control our senses and say, excuse me. Now, I have to say something to you, and it's really worth noting as an aside. I did experience something very extraordinary at Saragrahi recently. Hmm? And that was that when we brought out the feed for Ujwala, hmm? Nirmala and Mangala didn't try to get it also. They just waited and went to their stalls hmm? until it was put there and put there. This is the result of associating with devotees. <laughs> of course, we think they're the devotees <laughs> and we're associating with them. Hmm? Normally, if you put the food out, no one's going to say, well, okay, it's your turn, you're first. You were here first, you know, Ujwala, you go first and you're bigger than us too. So go first, you know, I'll take mine and my, my turn and so forth. Hmm? So because we do do that readily or we're supposed to, it's thought that's what makes us human. Hmm? our ability to control our senses and our minds. Rather than a Jew just follow any thought that comes in there, just be taken away, that's a problem. That's when we end up going, oops, I don't know, wish I didn't do that. Hmm? Do you ever do something that you think that later you, 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 know, you, you thought with your intelligence wasn't good for you? Have you ever done something that with your intelligence, by the force of your mind and senses, that with your intelligence you, you knew was not in your interest? Ever? <laughs> well, maybe once, you know. <laughs> yeah, like every day, practically, you know, so many times. <laughs> this is my pathetic condition. It's remorseful. Hmm? Hmm? That's a fact. So, what sadhana is about, spiritual practice, it's meant to arrive at this control of the mind and the senses. What? It's what everybody's supposed to be. Everybody thinks that that's, well, it's really impossible to go all the way, but go as far as you can anyway. Hmm? Something like that. But the Gita says, no, you can, you can go all the way. You can actually, you can control your mind and senses, which means you, you will rise above it. To control it means that you're above it, rather than underneath it. Hmm? And the oppression of mind and senses that take us even in different directions at the same time. Hmm? The belly says to eat, then it says, stop, but the tongue says, take more. Hmm? So we're serving these masters that are pulling us in different directions and so forth. But the Gita is saying it's possible, actually, to control the mind. What a great challenge. So our, our June says, whoa, that is like, you're, you're, I was talking about being a great human, and you're talking about controlling the mind. That's superhuman. Hmm? That's superhuman. You believe in the supernatural? No, that's just some religious dogma. 
That's just a belief. That's a deviation from reason. We can't see a soul. We can't see God. Where's he there? Why doesn't he show his face? Hmm? As I said before, oh, it's easier to disbelieve God than it is to disbelieve in love of God if you really come in touch with it because then you come in touch with something that's superhuman. What is that? How it observably shows its face in this world is in the ways in which I'm saying in the least controlled mind and controlled senses to rise above the human passions. Hmm? This is supernatural. Isn't it? Supernatural. Hmm? If we can see this in someone, then we think, what have they got? What else is going on in there? Hmm? That enables them to do that. Hmm? You're supposed to love your neighbor like yourself. How are you going to do that? Only if you know that the suffering, that you see the sufferings of your neighbors as if they are your own, Krishna says. This is yoga. Hmm? In Ananda, there is suffering. You thought you were going to get away from all suffering and just be blissed out at the Bhakti Fest and be in the Bhav. <laughs> you can understand it a little better. As I said, in recent times we were speaking about the nature of Bhav and discussing it, ecstasy. It's quite a big topic. And there's suffering in Bhav. What about that? Hmm? In ecstasy, there's pain. Hmm? In material life, there's only pain. In, in, in enjoyment, in happiness of material life, there's also suffering. Therefore, Krishna says what? That dukuyonayevate, the womb, yoni, from which suffering is born, is attachment. And attachment is that from which we derive our happiness by attaching ourselves to something hmm? and thinking it's ours. And that's me. Hmm? And I feel somewhat fulfilled. But it's the womb from which suffering is born because, well, you, you, can't, you can't keep it. Hmm? It changes also. It transforms. Hmm? It could be our kids. It could be our husband, our wife, our country. It's all morphing and changing and it's as unpredictable as what might happen in a dream. It just takes a little longer for it to morph and contort and change and goodness. Hmm. So the, the happiness of material life is suffering and waiting. Hmm. So there's suffering in, built into the happiness of material life. And conversely, there's suffering built into the bliss of spiritual life. Hmm? There's some forms of it, but the beginning form of it is what? The suffering in Ananda is that I suffer because other people suffer. Hmm? I suffer because I see other people suffering. It's not my suffering, it's their suffering but I've identified with it hmm? as, uh, I, 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 because I know they don't have to. Hmm? And I see it happening. So compassion, paradukaduki kripambudhi, is said, for the Vaishnava there is no, there's no unhappiness, but there is unhappiness. Hmm? And that is for the unhappiness of others. This is the beginning uh, way in which real spiritual life 
practically expresses itself. Hmm? To feel suffering for others and, and, that said, to go about making a comprehensive solution to the problem. Hmm? Not, a, not a band-aid for the cancer of material suffering, but a comprehensive solution to give knowledge, to embody knowledge, to exemplify the solution. Hmm? So there is, a, there is a supernatural. We may not believe in God, but then you, have, you see a sadhu, a real sadhu, you think, this, this lady is supernatural. Look at her. Hmm? She just sits there and she's content. Hmm? Snick, snick, ram, ram. <laughs> Chanting. <laughs> Attentively. So the, the, the observable, I'm saying the observable character, people want that, right? They want observable characteristics. They want their faith to be well-reasoned. They don't even think about it as in terms of faith, but as I'm explaining it, that conviction and so forth is what I'm talking about when I talk about faith. So we see these things, hmm? And we we must think they must that what where are they how can they do that control the mind control it this is what everybody said everybody wants their kids to be like sadhus really they don't use a term they don't think about it but they want them to be perfectly nice gentlemen kind and thoughtful hmm? Hmm? not like emotionally disturbed and have troubled minds and and so on and so forth. Here's a system that's aimed exclusively at this. Everybody wants it without using the term, and every path to attain it from the get-go tells you it's not going to be perfect. It's going to make them pretty good anyway. <laughs> pretty nice person. Hmm. As nice as you could be. I mean, nobody can be perfect. I was at an event some time back, and a fellow called me over to a table, a booth, and he said, can we ask you a question? Can we ask you a question? I said, okay. And he said, we just have one question in our quiz, that's all. Hmm? And if you answer correctly, we give you a prize. I said, okay. What's the question? He said, okay, have you ever sinned? I was supposed to say yes, and the prize was the Bible. Tell me about the person who never sinned. The one person who was superhuman. Hmm? I said, yes, I've sinned, but I know what your prize is, hmm? and I want to tell you something. I know some people who've never sinned. Hmm? He's only one of them. Hmm? That was like not the kind of answer <laughs> he was ex expecting. It's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we didn't get into it, but... Uh, but this is this is this is this is this is the culture of the Gita. It's very practical. It's not a book about believing. Hmm? It is in one sense. The center is the theological belief is expected of you. Krishna says, "Amsarvasya prabhu Everything comes from me. Just see who I am. But it's prefaced the middle six chapters by six chapters about the nature of the self, hmm? the nature of being, and so forth. So you hear this very reasonable and, and, and a dissertation on the nature of consciousness in brief. Hmm? And so now you're, 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 you're hopefully 
attracted to the idea that I am something called consciousness. And suddenly what happens when you identify with that idea properly is like a whole world of possibilities opens up that was just never there before. Goodness. Hey, maybe what I've been trying to be and to experience is actually possible from this perspective. Otherwise, to be forever, to be perfectly happy, I mean, that's like not possible, thinking I am this or that. But thinking I am, and I'm not this or that, that's here today and gone tomorrow. Hey, that's different. And so, and Krishna wants to go. Then he begins to speak about himself. First he speaks about us, which everybody likes to hear about yourself. You are beautiful. You are an atma. Hmm? You could kill and, and, and not be killing. How's that? You could die and not die. Hmm? Wow, so you get all excited about yourself and then he says, let me tell you about me now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if you've understood that well, then the theological side, which is which, it, 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 the reasonableness of it, in other words, is, is, um, is, uh, has been presented. Hmm? So, different kinds of faith, faith in different modes of nature. And Krishna says, and there is nirguna faith. And this nirguna faith, faith in Krishna, this is the kind of faith that gives us eligibility for bhakti. And there are two kinds, and three kinds of each of those. So we're going to need some time to go into all this. Now, it's a big subject. But in brief, of course, um, we should say, we should, where do we get it from? Hmm? Where do we get this kind of nirguna faith? Hmm? Which, again, is, it's, it's, it, faith as it's being presented in the text is a kind of knowing. It's luminous. It's a conviction. Hmm? Hmm? It, it, it animates. So when, you, when you're in the dark and then you can see, oh, now I can move. Something like that. It's not... Uh, it's the absence of doubt which is causes suspicion leads to suspension so it's clearing the doubt one can move hmm? so it's a it, it's 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 a form of actually of of, of knowing hmm? right a way of knowing that intellect can serve hmm? but is subordinate to and is most beautiful when it serves that nirguna faith, hmm? then it, it, it's most becoming, that kind of intellect. Hmm? When it's on the altar itself, uh, it's not very pretty. Hmm? It may be pretty in comparison to the semblance of faith, religious fundamentalism and so forth that we began with, it's such a problem. Hmm? But play it out further, and the next thing you know, you know they're determining, guys with white coats are determining who's happy and who's not. Hmm? What's happening? It's, it's a whole other, other story. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we, we have a head, okay. We have a heart. Hmm. This faith, as understood from Krishna, is the integration of these two. It's not like one or the, it's not just this heart that's not well thought out. It's not just this head that has no heart. Hmm. Because faith. This faith is actually it is the Sarup Shakti of Krishna. We were talking about Bhav. 
Sudas Tattva Visheshatma Prema Suryam Su Oh, when the, when the ingress of the Sarup Shakti enters the Jiva, then he has attained Bhav. But as I explained, this is in previous days, this, this Sarup Shakti comes into our life in the beginning, Ado Shraddha. At this point it comes. The beginning of Ado means beginning, Shraddha with faith. This, this comes into our lives. This Sarup Shakti. Hmm? Why is it head and heart? Because it's 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 luminous. If we if we make an example, as I have sometimes, of the Godhead being fire, God is a fire. Okay, so fire has different components, like smoke. Where there's smoke, then there's fire. Hmm? So smoke is part of fire. Sparks are part of fire. Heat and light are part of fire. And somehow fire is fire. <laughs> fire is has heat, has light. You can talk about them separately. Hmm? Although they don't exist separately from the fire. Or the smoke doesn't exist separate from the fire. Or the spark doesn't. It's dependent, in other words. Hmm? If there is smoke, even if the fire's out, they had to be there in the first place for smoke to, to be, and so on and so forth. So these are all derived, in a sense. Smoke, spark heat and light, and then there's fire itself. So, of course, in the analogy, smoke is the Maya Shakti, the spark, that's us. You could be in the smoke, or you could be in the fire. Hmm? If you're in the smoke, then, you know, a spark is fire, but, I mean, it's not fire, too, because you can't cook with a spark alone. You can't heat with it, but with a fire, you can. So there's a difference. This is a beda bed, achinta beda bed, not just beda bed, achinta beda bed. It doesn't mean God is sometimes one, sometimes different. One and different at the same time. Hmm? With his shaktis. So, if we, we try to talk about it if they're, as they're one or different, and we're going, it's like kind of like both. It's kind of like heat and light, and it's fire. Yeah, it's not. But it, right. So, the smoke is the maya shakti. <laughs> the spark is the jiva shakti. Tata. It can be in the smoke or it can be in the fire. And the heat and light, that is the sarup shakti. Heat and light means light means luminous. That means the head. Hmm? And heat means feeling. That is the heart. So this Sarup Shakti that Bhakti is constituted of, it, it has these two components of luminosity hmm? and affection. Hmm? Knowing and affection. Hmm? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wise love, bhakti. The head and the heart are beautifully harmonized. We don't cancel out one or the or the other. Hmm? Both of them integrated beautifully. Hmm? This is the faith that Krishna says hmm? uh, uh, that uh, I'm I'm born out of. Krishna is born out of bhakti. It's a fact. Without bhakti, there is only Brahman, Nirvishesha Brahma. With bhakti, there's Bhagwan, and as I often say, that which is everywhere, Brahman starts to move by the power of bhakti. Bargo Devasya, Dimahi. Who is Devasya? Krishna, playful. Bargo, she is shedding light on him. She reveals him. Pujapad Chidamar said what? Faith is the halo of Radharani. 
She is Shraddha Devi. Hmm? We come a long way. Hmm? From some excuse for being superstitious to the halo of Radharani. <laughs> Shraddha Devi, the, 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 the Devi, the goddess of faith, hmm? which is a kind of no, no one knows Krishna like Radha. Hmm? Hmm. Therefore, Krishna says, she knows me better than I know myself. Hmm? Krishna has this like bewilderment. Of, he says, I'm God. That's what everybody says anyway. But there's something about her that I, I'm attracted to. Is she God? Have people got that wrong? Why am I attracted? Then he reasons further. He's very clever, Krishna. Very smart. You should just hear about him. He's so attractive of a person. He reasons, this is a problem. I'm attracted. No one attracts me. I attract everyone. My name is Krishna. All attractive. But I'm attracted to her. So what is she? What is she? Hmm? And why? What is it about? Then he realizes, oh, it's okay. I am God. There's something in me that she sees that makes her the way she is. So it is me. Hmm? There's something in me that makes her the way she is, but I don't know what that is. She knows what it is. Hmm? How I will know myself, I must see from her vantage point. Hmm? This is the, ch- the, the compassionate Krishna. Mahabhananaya Krishna Prema Pradayate. Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne. That is his name. Gaura Tvishay Namaha. Hmm? And to, and to Rupa Goswami, we, we bow for such a beautiful prayer describing what the qualities of Krishna, hmm? the, 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 the name of Krishna, the, uh, the, uh, the form of Krishna, all in this verse, his form, Gora Tushenama, his name, Chetandanamane, his characteristic, Krishna Prema Pradayate, his quality, he gives Krishna Prem. Hmm? He must be Krishna, giving Krishna, Krishna with combined with his compassionate nature. So Radha, she is Shraddha Devi, the halo, and she is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. By Bhagavatam we get faith. Hmm? How, well, how do we how do we get the, how do we do that? That is by good fortune. Hmm? Prikshit Maharaj, he was in a he was in a crisis crisis mode, right? He was said he had seven days to live. Hmm? So he, in crisis mode, he went to the bank of the Ganges to find a solution to his problem. Hmm? And what happened? Out of nowhere. Yadrichaya. Hmm? It means out of nowhere, with no cause. Hmm? Moving not under the influence of karma, but for his own, out of his own will, Sukadeva appeared, the sadhu. The naked youth, adolescent, into the assembly of the king where so many rishis and thoughtful people were thinking, what, what to do at the time of death? Well, different ways to think about that. And the boy walked in out of nowhere. And what did he do? He spoke the Bhagavatam. This is where, in other words, this is where this, this Nirguna Shraddha that is, 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 it's all about Shraddha Devi. 
Gita ends with this. This is again how it's a sequel. Sarva Dharma Pritya Give up Dharma. I was saying in sixth chapter, I didn't connect that point. Let me finish it for you. Arjun says, How will I control my mind? How will I be such a perfect person as a yogi is? How will I do that? Chris says, Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, but it is possible. It is possible to control the mind. Hmm? It is po- Oh, it's possible. Then, by good association, association with think I should do it. It's possible. However hard, it's possible. What a greater thing. What a greater thing to accomplish. How could I be a better, better person than that? Hmm? So he says, it's possible by practice and detachment. But Arjun says, but what if I try and I don't make it, and I, then, I, then I don't make it on this side, and I don't make it on the religious side? I give up religion for experiential spirituality, but I don't make it there. What does Krishna say? He says, it doesn't matter. Hmm? If you perfectly perform a religion, the Dharma, you'll go to the celestial world. And if you imperfectly perform yoga, you'll go there too. It's very nice. Imper- if you imperfectly do this yoga, you'll go there. Hmm? Not only will you go there, but you, because you've gone there in a different way, your experience will also be different. You won't be going there for things. You will go there as a result of trying to go beyond that. Hmm? And you will arrive there in such a way that from there you will come down and you will take birth in a yogi family, a devoted family. And again, you'll, your yoga samskar will come and you will again take up yoga. And he says, as I said earlier, when I began in the second chapter to speak about yoga, mm, a little effort in this path. Hmm? Just a little effort. See, what, the result will be eternal. And a huge effort, materially, even in a, in a, in a systematic, religious way, to acquire good karma and happiness. That's the karma mark. In a systematic way to go about it and attain the ideas like heaven, no bad karma for eons, for a number that doesn't fit on your you know, iPhone or something. You know. hmm? and you ha- but in order to get there, you have to do that every bit of it perfectly. And in yoga, and especially in bhakti yoga, if you do it a little bit, Hmm? And do it a little bit imperfectly. Hmm? The gain is permanent. Hmm? And you build on that. Hmm? And if in this life you're not perfect, you get at least everything that heaven has to offer. Hmm? I give you the whole heaven. Hmm? Stay there for a while. Then, because you had some desire. Hmm? So go there. Stay in heaven. Yeah. Then come back. Take birth in a family that, that, where you have facility to pursue spiritual life and then finish. Hmm? He's making strong arguments hmm, for experiential spiritual life. And at the end of the Gita course, he makes this famous statement. Just give it all up. Give all that stuff up. Just, just have nirguna shraddha in me. Faith in me. Hmm? In experiential life. Take shelter of me alone, he says. Hmm? Forget the Dharma. And then the sequel, as I think of it, the Bhagavatam begins, Dharma Projita Kaita Vutra, Paramo Nirmat Saranam Satam. Give up the Dharma. Projita. Sarva Dharma and Prityadja. Give up Dharma, give up Gyan. Karma and Gyan. 
Bhagavatam says, give up karma and gyan. Dharma projita kaita This is the second verse of the whole book. Dharma projita kaita votra paramo nirmat saranam satam vejam vastavam aptavastu shivadam tapatrayon mulanam srimad bhagavate mahamunikute kimbapadarishvara sadyo hridayabharujate trakiti bihi susrusubis takshanartha. So nice. We're talking about faith. Bhakti is so nice. We say it begins with faith. Hmm? Just a little bit of faith. Hmm? Nirgun faith that you get by association. And what is that association? Hmm? That person is a person Bhagavatam. Two types of Bhagavatam. Book Bhagavatam, person Bhagavatam. The person living in the book hmm? and speaks about the book, living in the book. From this person we get it. From this kind of person, Prakshit Maharaj got his Nirgun Shraddha in Bhagavatam. Hmm? He heard the Bhagavatam from Sukadev. He got lucky. In other words, some, there is some bhakti in the world. There's karma in the world, the main influence. And then there is bhakti. And if you bump into bhakti, then you're lucky. Bhagya. Ati bhagya, Rupa Goswami says. How do you get this shraddha? He said, ati bhagyena. Ati means very much. And bhagya means lucky. You're very much lucky. That's how you get it. That means you cannot do anything to get it. Hmm? It is not purchased by anyone. It's free unto herself. Hmm? And in the hearts of the devotees in whom she appears, they try to give it to everybody. Hmm? It's entirely given. You understand? Shraddha is given. What to speak of your swarup? That is the development of the Shraddha. Does hmm? faith in Krishna inherit in, in the jiva? So, well, a lot of people believe in God. That's one thing. <laughs> They may believe that they all in the, let's study the religious conception. Is it a sattvic? Is it a sattvic conception? Is it a rajasic conception? There's a tamasic religions. Hmm? Faith in Krishna. I mean, you you can't come up with Krishna. You know, when I, when I first read, I thought nobody could come up with this. <laughs> this is too incredible of an idea, and it's how it all works together. It's just, just impossible. Hmm? This has to come from Bhakti herself. Bhakti gives herself. She tries to give herself everywhere through the devotees. Hmm? Krishna's impartial. He doesn't pick one and not another. He gives bhakti to his devotees, which has no beginning. So there's a nadi karma, there's a nadi bhakti, bhakti also in the world. There are always sadhakas in the world. And they are trying to give bhakti to everyone. And even if people resist, they give it anyway. Therefore, this verse of Bhagavatam is very nice because the Gita says... Just believe in me, Arjun. Just stop, give up your faith in the Dharma and all this stuff. Just take shelter of me. This is Shraddha. Do Sharanagati. Sharanagati means the outer face of Shraddha. Shraddha faith is not some intangible thing. It has practical application, so it shows itself. You know, just say, I believe in, I believe in Jesus or whatever, and my actions are entirely different, or I believe in Krishna, and the same thing happens. Hmm? And the measure of, or of one's faith is, in, is obviously in, in question. Hmm? Sharanagati means to accept the things that are favorable for Krishna's service, to reject the things that are unfavorable, etc. Sixfold. Sarvadharman pritajamami kam sharanam du sharanagati. Have faith in me alone, he says. And again, the Bhagavatam begins with the same thing. Hmm? Hmm? Give up the dharma, artha, kama, pursuit of moksha, just take shelter of me. This is the path of the paramhamsas. And Vishwamal Chakravitaka makes a very nice rendering of that verse. He says, 
This verse says, Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satam. This is Bhagavatam is for the, those who are not envious, Satam, the thoroughly honest people, high people. Hmm? And Kutibihi means very, very qualified people. Hmm? They, when they hear the Bhagavatam, Krishna becomes arrested in their heart. Hmm? But Vishnu says, but the other way to construe this verse that it speaks about the highest people and people who have no faith, no faith. Somehow they hear the Bhagavatam. Krishna goes into their heart. So he said it begins with faith, but <laughs> he says, even without faith, hmm? such is the power of this book. And this book is what? Hmm? This book is faith. This is about Devi. It's the Radha Bhagavatam. It's Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam means Krishna. Sri means Radha. It's Krishna chasing Radha. That's what the Bhagavatam is about. Radha's love for Krishna. How could it not be? That's the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? If somehow you have start hearing this book, it's so much about what Krishna is about. They're interested in me, he thinks. People want things. I send them to heaven. I give them things. People want eternity. I go. Be forever. Just be. Huh. Some people worship me. They say, you stand over there. I'll stand here. Om Rim Klim Shrim Krishnaya. I don't know what they're talking about, he says. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> hmm? When my, my mother says, have you eaten dirt? That makes sense to me. When she chastises me. When my friends wrestle me to the ground. When Baldev turns me into my mother for my bad behavior. When Radha will not let me enter into her flower bower. These things, the, the, the Vedic sounds pale in comparison to this. This is Vrindavan. Uddhava was Shastravit. This is what he said. I went to Vrindavan and oh my God. <laughs> what, what's going on there? That's like, I know the, all the Vedas by heart, you know. And this is like, and that's supposed to be, the, you know, the, the, the sky of the mind of Vyas. The sky holds everything. And this is beyond the sky. Hmm? What's happening here? It's beyond the sky. What, what to do? He just wandered around for a couple of months. Praising the gopis and the gopas and Nanda and Yashoda. Huh? He went to bring them a message. Don't lament. You're not the body. God, you know, providence is such that we can't control and so forth. They're looking at him like, who are you? What are you talking about? You come here to educate us on, about this kind of stuff. And, and the, we have no taste for gyan whatsoever. Oh. Then he, he, then he starts, these people are crying. I'm supposed to tell them don't cry, but they're crying because they love Krishna. I, I, it's like weird. How, how could people be like this about God, the way they're thinking about him? This is not like in Dwark. We don't think of him like that there, or in Matura. We don't think of him like that. What is this place? Hmm? He realized, I was sent here to get an education. I was said to get a to get a message. I'm Shastravit, 
Krishna wanted to make sure my education was complete. Hmm? I'd study the Bhagavatam, right? Your education, you know the story I tell, it's not complete if you haven't studied the Bhagavatam. Hmm? When you study the Bhagavatam and you come to the conclusion you can't understand the Bhagavatam, then you've understood the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Then that's a good thing. Hmm? This is the Brajalila. Hmm? This is what Bhagavatam is about. And this is where faith, faith, Nirguna faith, Nirguna Shraddha, the full face of faith, that is the halo of Radha, that she herself personified. She's, how animating is she? Faith is animating. How animating is Radha hmm? in terms of her showing Krishna in a particular light? There's no sleep in Braj. Hmm? For, the, for the gopikas, even some of Krishna's friends, hmm? up in the night, helping him to find Radha, helping Radha to find him. Hmm? To meet, to rendezvous, it has to be done at night. Hmm? That's a very special thing. It has to be done at night. Not in the broad daylight. Hmm? I thought there was no darkness there. There is, but it's a devotee. The darkness is a devotee. The clouds are a devotee. I mean, what a kind of a place. Hmm? How charming. Hmm? This is Bhagavatam. And so by hearing from a person Bhagavatam, like Sukadev, hmm? who only speaks the Bhagavatam. I said that this Nirguna faith, there's two kinds, and three kinds of each of those. Two kinds means Shraddha for Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? That means that worship of God, you know, and reverence. Hmm? One type of Bhakti. And then Rag Bhakti. Rag Bhakti is Shraddha, Lobamayi Shraddha. So faith filled with with a longing for this kind of Braj ideal, Vrindavan ideal, to come in touch with that kind of sadhu. Hmm? This is the kind of sadhu Sukadev was. He was longing for that kind of thing. Hmm? He heard certain verses from the Bhagavatam. It affected him in such a way. Hmm? To take us in that course. Hmm? And then these have three types. Three, 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 three types. Kanishta, Madhyam, Uttam. Kanishta means you got the... This faith, this uh, this uh, uh, nirguna shraddha, but it's komal, tender, tender. Hmm? Oh, it needs to be firmed. That means the heart is there, but the head is not as involved yet. I said it's in the full face. It's integrated. Hmm? So you have to learn. So the guru will teach how to think, how to think, how to think. Don't think. Don't think. Don't think. First, then how to think. Pujapachira Maharaj told me, your Guru Maharaj told you not to think. Hmm? Then he put so many things inside of you. Now in his absence, my services tell you, think about all those things. What are the ramifications? What are the implications of them? Hmm? What have you learned? Examine it all from so many sides. So, so first, stop thinking. Too many weird thoughts. Stop, just stop. You think too much. Just do bhakti. Hmm? At a certain point, then you can start thinking about what is bhakti. So this way, middle stage, hmm? intermediate, is characterized by being firm. Faith is firm. Nishta. Maybe we talk about that next. Nishta. It means firm faith. Begins with faith, kind of an interim is in the in the, is nishta, and then the ideal is bhava and prem. Hmm? Mahabhava said, come to Nishtha, then you get brain. It's very easy from there. Very easy. 
Now you're going up the upside of the mountain. That's very hard. And you think, I could fall. Uh, I said, well, that's why I tied a rope on you. <laughs> hang on to the rope at least. Your feet might fall, and, but hang on to the, the ropes around your waist. You know, so don't cut it, for God's sake. You know. I know, you're hungry and it's a long way up, but don't cut the rope. Hmm? Even if you're flailing around, you know, like a, you know, it's just tied around your waist. <laughs> Hang on there. Don't cut it. You've got a knife in your belt for other reasons, not for cutting the rope. Hmm? So that's the difficulty. You get to the top, that's Nishta. Then you can see the valley of love of God, and it's all downhill. Hmm? So, Uchi, Asakti, Bhava, Prem. Hmm? Go there. So the intermediate stage, and then, then, then the superlative stage. Of, of faith, where the person is, the devotee is living in the Bhagavatam. He's a, he or she is a Bhagavatam. Shastra Nipun, Shastra Yukti, Dridanischaya, it's unshakable. And his or her logic and thinking, reasoning is all like, just all in support of this and give support to it in ways in, of this faith that uh, that fosters it in, in, in others and so forth. So, if that person is most qualified to tread the path and to lead others on the path, hmm? we call Uttam, Uttam Adhikari, Adhikari, Madhyam Adhikari, Kanishta Adhikari. So, this is, the, anyway, path, Shraddha, the, 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 the path to Radha. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Shraddha Devi Radharani ki jai. Radha Gobinda ki jai. Hillsborough, Kijaya. Hi. <laughs> so very nice to sit with you. Hare Krishna. So we talked a long time, so I won't ask for questions now, but if you come again tomorrow, then we'll, the next day we'll have, try to make some time for questions. If we don't have time tomorrow, we'll definitely make time on Sunday. Are we at your house on Sunday or here? Yeah, okay. Well, that's a good place to ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> So again, very nice to be with you all tonight. I'm so uh, humbled to sit with so many sincere uh, devotees, and I know there are different devotees on different levels of understanding and so forth, and so some of the points I raised will be over the heads of some and under the heads of others, so I appreciate your patience in that, and uh, hopefully everybody got something. I got a lot from it, so I do appreciate all of you and your, your part, your role in it. Again, Simon Mahaprabhu ki jai. Jai. Oh,